0: Hey, uh, welcome to the last Sunday of the year. Uh, We also want to welcome our online audience because we have uh, grown our online audience over the past few months since all this hit. And so we've got people in the New England area that watch Michigan, Florida. Really, we've got people all over the country. So welcome, guys. Thank you, guys. A couple things before we kick in. Um, We kick off this year, we're doing 21 days of fasting and prayer. It will kick off... Thursday, January 14th. We'll be talking about it more and more. Uh, if you're wondering why the 14th, that end, we end it starting on the 14th, and then it ends on Wednesday, February 3rd. That night, we'll gather for a night of worship, celebration. And this year, uh, I've asked our staff and their leadership. Uh, some of our leadership that weren't part of the meeting, so this is new to them. So I'm asking our leadership and staff to participate in one of two fasts. And you, I'm just going to encourage you to fast, and we'll talk more about this, but either the Daniel fast or the whole 30. Daniel fast or whole 30. Is Kelly, which one? Well, can you do without meat for 21 days? If you cannot, whole 30 is for you, Uh, So, because you can have all the meat you want. Uh, But uh, we're going to talk about why we fast, and we'll do that a little more. Also, this Wednesday, no classes. No classes this Wednesday, then we'll be kicking off. Can I tell you, next Sunday, the first year of 2021, you do not want to miss. My brother Casey will be bringing a word, and he is holding a funeral for 2020. (laughs) So you don't want to miss it. Uh, It's going to be an incredible day. Hey, everybody have a good Christmas. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I, I love Christmas. I, I mean, I do. It, it's, it's over way too soon. Uh, and my, my mom and dad, they had a way of making the, us boys feel, it was special every year, Christmas. Even when they didn't have a lot, man, we didn't know because they made it feel special. But they also made us very aware of what Christmas was about. Who Christmas was really about. So when people tell me, well, Kelly, we don't we don't teach our kids that there's a Santa Claus or isn't it? Because you know, well then later on in life what are they gonna say about oh Santa wasn't real, so Jesus listen, if you don't live a good enough life for your kids we're- I'm on. the world a better place.
1: I think he saw something that a lot of people didn't see and still don't see in others. And I, I think that's just a lot of Love and and hope. Jesus sort of seemed like an ominous uh, figure. You know, he just, he, he was God, and it was hard to relate to him. But I think as I've grown in my faith a lot, I've really started to see Jesus as my closest friend.
0: That question was asked on the streets of New York. And it doesn't surprise us. Oh, yeah, like, but can I tell you, I would not be surprised if I went to Market Square in Knoxville and we interviewed people, that we, didn't get the, we wouldn't get some of the same answers. It wouldn't surprise me if I went down to downtown Chattanooga to the aquarium, and we interviewed people coming in and out of the aquarium. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if we went down to Meigs County, uh, down to the Piggly Wiggly as people were coming out, or to the courthouse in Dayton, and, and asked people if we wouldn't get some of the same answers. Because people, when confronted with who is Jesus, they don't really know. They don't really know. And, and it's funny, man, because well, I think it's an important question that's got to be answered. Who is Jesus? Who Who is he? Uh, it, it's an important. Who is this Jesus that during one time a year, Christmas, people that claim they don't even believe in God or him sing about him? Who's this Jesus? Who, who is this Jesus that over 2,000 years later, of him walking this earth. Millions of people gather weekly still to worship him, praise him, uh, talk about him, and millions of people still claim that he changed their lives. 2,000 years later, who is he? Who is this Jesus that you you can talk about spirituality all you want? You can talk about God, the word God all you want, But when you say Jesus, that just stirs things up. Why? Because you've drawn a line in the sand when you say Jesus. They know you're not talking about any God at all. They know that you're laying a line that says, no, all roads don't lead to God. There is only one road. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. There aren't many roads. One through Jesus. So when you say the name Jesus... It stirs up something. Because you've drawn a line in the sand. Isn't it what it is about the name Jesus that can even change the atmosphere? Uh, let's try something real quick. Hope I can remember how to play this song. Some of you uh, that's been in the church for a while, you don't know this feel-free thing. Jesus
2: about the name Jesus something about
0: in the atmosphere when you just say Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I know. And I guarantee even if you're not here this morning, you're not a follower, you're not a believer, you straight, you felt it because there's something about the name Jesus Jesus, it amazes me. See, the, the thing is, He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just another man. He wasn't just a, a good philosopher. He wasn't, isn't just one of many ways to God. He is Jesus, the Son of God. When you hear the name of Jesus, what image of Him comes to mind? I mean, is it the baby Jesus that we just celebrated? Is that the image? Some of you, that, that, that's what you think about. Others, you see the 33-year-old Jesus hanging on the cross. And here the thing is, that Jesus and the 30, both of them are true images. But there's so much more. So much more. So today I want to talk about who Jesus is. Uh, I, I want to give you, uh, teach you a couple of words, one Hebrew and w- one Greek word today. Now, this doesn't mean you can put on your job application that you're bilingual. <laughs> you know, two words. <laughs> so, uh, but, but say this. The, the first is the Hebrew word hene. Say that with me. Hene. Come on. Hene. hene. The second word is the Greek word edu. Hedu. Both those words mean this, behold, behold. But when you see that word behold, and and it's coming from the the Hebrew word henei or the Greek word edu, here's what it means. It means, hey, pay attention. This is crucial information that I'm about to give you. It's imperative. So every time when we read through, through the scripture today, anytime you see the word behold in one of the scriptures, I want you to read it with me. Because you're going to say, hey, hey, pay attention. Because some of you, I know you fall asleep, and it's just going to be a reminder to yourself. Hey, pay attention. This is crucial information. But we've got the baby. The, the first image of Jesus, I want you to see if you're taking notes, is this. Behold Jesus, the baby. Behold. That's the image we've been looking at over the past few weeks during Christmas. But I want you to look at the prophecy given by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7. This prophecy was given about Jesus 700 years before his birth. And look at what the prophet Isaiah says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, we're going to try that again. I know it caught some of you off guard, but hey, wake up, pay attention. This is crucial information. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He set up and said, hey, you're going to give birth to a son, and here's the name I want you to give him, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Here's what I love. Uh, when, you, when you look at Jesus, you compare Jesus to all these other religions, all these others. Nowhere do they say, hey, hey, I'm with you. You've got to earn their affection. You've got to earn their attention. You've got to do the right things. But God sent his son and said, here's what I want you to know about him. God with you. God is with. I love what Max Lucado says about this thing. He says this: God called Himself Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not just God made us, or God thinks about us. Not just God above us, but God with us. God right where we are. Right where we are. That means, hey, God in your struggles. God in your addiction. God in your, in, in your depression. God in your failed marriage. God in your struggling. God with us. Not just God with you when you're getting it right. See, those hearing the prophecy... Those hearing the prophecy that Isaiah did, uh, pronounced 700 years before Jesus, what they're hearing is this. The one you've been waiting for, believing for, praying for is on his way, and it's going to come through a virgin. Now, childbirth is a miracle, right? right. Childbirth for a virgin is a miracle on a whole nother level. Come on, can we agree? It is. Have you you ever thought, though, about how this news must have wrecked Mary's world? I mean, let's think about it. Think about ladies when you were planning your wedding day or those that have got, we've got a couple of engaged, planning those upcoming days. And you're, you're, you're excited. Oh, oh, here are the colors we're going to wear. And, and, and the, hu- the husband-to-be, if he's smart, is just going along with it and saying, whatever you want, it's fine with me. I'm just here. Uh, but they go through all this, man, hey, what cake? Let's go test cakes. Listen, the husband's like, hey, I'm, I'm in that one. Let's go taste some cakes. And you're making all these plans. You, you're thinking about uh, the, the night before your wedding when you get to hang out with all your girlfriends and that last night of just, you know, the com- camaraderie with them. And then Mary, she's the same way. You don't think she was making plans for her wedding? You don't think she was making plans about the big day, about what it might look like, uh, about the night before, thinking about, oh man, I can't wait for my wedding shower. I'm going to register down at uh, Jews or Us or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the first thing that came to my head. So please don't be offended. Because uh, uh, she was Jewish. Uh, so. But I, I don't know. But she had to be thinking, hey, but, and we've all seen... Anybody ever seen Bride Zealous? Anybody married? No, don't do that. Uh, but you know, it's that that bride that that day is all about them. And if anything doesn't go the way they want it, they lose their dang minds, right? Why? Because this is my day. But I want you to look at this very young teenage girl's response to this news. Luke one thirty-eight. Mary said, "What?" Mary said what? Hey, this is crucial. This is crucial. I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be of me according to your word. Behold, I'm yours. Whatever you want is okay with me. Sound familiar? Because 33 years later, her son was kind of say the same words. Not my will. Your will be done. I wonder if Jesus had watched his mom model that throughout their life. Whereas a, as a young teenage girl she said not my will. This is not what I planned. This is not the way I thought things would go, but God, I'm yours. And then 33 years later, she stood in the garden, God, Father, not my will. But, what, but whatever you want. And Mary said, I'm a servant of the Lord. That it be according to your will. In other words, this is the way I planned it. This is the way isn't the way I thought my life would go. Here were my plans to marry Joseph, then maybe after a year have a baby. That that's what. But God, you know what? My plans are out the window when you speak to me. I don't know about you, but that's what I want my response to be every time God speaks. God, I had my plans, but whatever you say, I'm down with. That should be our prayer, closing out 2020 and going into 2021. God, whatever you want, that's what I want. Through that young girl's response, was born the Savior of the world. Behold, Jesus, the baby. The second image I want you to see is this. Behold, Jesus, the Lamb of God. There was a defining moment in Jesus' life. Um. And I don't have time to get into why it was so defining, but he's coming and his, his cousin John the Baptist is baptizing people and John sees Jesus coming from a distance. And, and look at what John says about Jesus. He sees him coming, John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, What? Oh. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Notice, John doesn't say behold a Lamb of God. He says behold the Lamb of God. Behold, pay attention. Guys, guys around here, this is crucial right here. Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. To those listening, this was a game changer for them. When John said the Lamb of God, they knew the imagery he was throwing out there because they were very well aware. See, for us, if we want forgiveness of our sins, all we have to do is say, God, forgive me. Bam. Be sincere. But they knew the imagery that he was portraying because they knew this. In or- when they, when they sinned in order for them to be forgiving, something had to die. Blood had to be shed. They were very well schooled in the Passover. And while they celebrated, they knew that the Passover, their celebration came from years ago when uh, God, through Moses, delivered his people from Egypt. They understood and and knew the story of how God told Moses, hey, I'm going to send a death angel, but here's what you need to do. You need to shed the blood of a spotless, innocent lamb, and then I want you to take a sponge and, and rub that blood across the doorpost of the top, and then that blood would drip down the sides. They understood the imagery of it. And they knew for this to happen, what they would have to do is slit the throat of an innocent lamb. Lamb hadn't done anything. And they would get that, they would get that and smear the blood over the top. And in that moment, John was painting for them this imagery, behold, not just a lamb, but the lamb of God. The third image of Jesus I want you to see today. Behold Jesus, the man. This is probably one of the hardest for us to get in our mind because we can't conceive Jesus as a man. We can't conceive Jesus as a little boy running around flipping boogers at his brothers. Come on, we can't see that. But that he was a little boy. You know, we can't conceive Jesus being out with the disciples and joking around with them and Hey, pull my finger. We, we can't conceive that, but Jesus was man. Man, look, look what, now, now look, look at what the, uh, uh, now I'm getting ahead. Pontius Pilate says about him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns, the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold. Pilate said to them, Behold. the man. This is right after one of his own betrayed him. This is right after one of the men that Jesus has spent three years pouring his life into has betrayed him. And he's standing there in front of Pontius Pilate. He says, Behold, Jesus the man. The thing is, this was no ordinary man. This man was God and was so full of God's love and compassion that when he looked at people, when he saw people, he actually saw them. See, he didn't just see their brokenness. He didn't just see the disease that sin had formed in their body. He saw them for who they were, God's children that he loved, and it broke his heart. He saw the lepers. He didn't see outcasts. He saw these, these people that were, had been doomed to a life without human contact. And where others were running from them because they were unclean, Jesus ran toward them, and he didn't just touch them, he embraced them. That's who Jesus was and who he is. See, when Jesus saw blind eyes, he healed them. Jesus became friends with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes. Jesus loved people who were different different from him with such a compassion and so relentless that it made the religious people angry at him. Behold Jesus, the man, the man who was so obedient and committed to reaching us, the lost, the broken, that he gave himself for us. He took beatings, and understand, when I say beatings, I want you to have the full picture of what Jesus, the man, went through for you and I. See, uh, and I could I could explain it, but I'm gonna tell you the best portrayal of this, and probably the most real to life of what this was what was portrayed in the passion of the Christ. Check this.
2: Gusta <inaudible> Gustav. Do it, Fudges. It's different when now.
1: Hey!
0: why would you show something like that in church? Because you need to understand the story of Jesus is not PG. What he went through, Jesus the man. See, they would take that cat of nine tails. They would take pieces of broken glass. They would take rocks. They would take pieces of metal. And it would live. In fact, one theologian said this. He said the kind of beating he took would have left his internal organs exposed. And if that wasn't enough, Then Roman soldiers beat his face with their hands to the point where the Bible says he was not even recognizable. Behold, Jesus, the man, no ordinary man, because even after all that, he could cry out to his father and say, Father, forgive them. Not, Father, get me out of this. Not, Father, take me away from this. For not, Father, send a legion of angels to my rescue. But, Father, forgive them. Look at what the prophet Isaiah says about him in Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. I want you to notice that he was, all these things were so we could be healed. We could be whole. We could be forgiven. He didn't take the beatings for himself. Why would he? He did it, the man for us. Verse 6, all of us, like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. If the Lord laid on him the sins of us all, we have left God's paths to follow our own. You want to know why the world's in the shape it's in? We have left God's paths to follow our own. You want to know why the world seems to be getting darker and darker and more evil? That's because it is, because we have left God's paths in search of our own. You want to know why the divorce rate is, is at an all-time high. You want to know, know why there will be an estimated over 60,000 people this year that die of opioid uh, overdose. You want to know why? Because we have left God's paths because we thought ours was better. You want to know why the suicide rate is growing. No, it's not COVID because there is hope even during COVID. You want to know why the pornography industry is a $12 billion a year industry? You want to know why we fight and tell people to be more tolerant while we ourselves are so intolerant? Isaiah 53, 6 tells us why we have left God's paths to follow our home. It's never been more obvious to me today. In our communities, in our schools, in our in, in, in our governments, that we have left God's path to follow our home.
2: I mean, I see the nightly
0: news. Come on, you saw this. You see the shootings. You see the bombing that, that just went off on Christmas Day. Uh, we, we hear the stories of murder. We we hear the stories of big businesses prospering while mom and dad shops and these small businesses go under. And I got so aggravated, in fact, I started calling in to one of the local shows. Uh, I listen to talk radio a lot, I'm a huge talk radio. And the, and, and the guys on there is like, yeah, yeah, these small businesses are, 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 are closing up, having to close doors, but at least they've got their life. I'm like, well, then you don't understand a business owner because to him, that is his life. That is the way he provides for his family. That is the way he... I, I said, so don't give me your bull crap about that. Come on. Can you tell me I'm a little bit passionate about this? In fact, I thought, man, I'm going to do a series this year maybe called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Anybody tired of just being nice and trying to be politically correct and trying to play? Come on. I'm going to go back to what Jesus said. Hey, you're going to be hated by the world. At least speak the truth. I see our kids losing the way and they look to social media influencers to to guide them on who they are, who they should be. See, here the thing is, the world is becoming darker and darker and it will as time goes by and it's time for uh, the followers of Jesus to wake up. I, I'm serious, and hear, hear me, and I hope this doesn't offend you, but I'm going to say it even if it does offend you because I believe it, it, it is truth. I think we need to quit hiding out and realizing the church, followers of Jesus, we are essential in this world. They need to hear what we have to say. We, come on now. And I believe it's time we rise up, and I, this is where I'm offense to of people, and that's all right. uh, Never mind. Um, But I believe it's time we quit using the excuse of why we don't come to church and still get connected while we're still going out to Walmart, Dollywood, and every other place, but we can't go to church because church is the only place you get infected with it. I'm tired of the excuses. We, the church are called to be connected. And because, see, on our own, we can't do a lot. But when, and that I think that was one of the enemy's plans. Let's disconnect the body of Christ. Let's, because they're weaker then. Because he knows if we are one mind, when we come together, we have one goal. There is nothing we can't do. Man, I'm tired. I'm just tired. of excuse it's not tired. You know what I mean? Because I believe God wants to send revival, and He's just waiting for some church people to grow a set and say, "Let's go do this thing." Is that plain enough? So, and just ask your parent if you need an under, if you need a uh, look. She's having to explained to Glenn what I mean right there. Glenn, this is what he meant. Ah. Uh, so, uh, Why, why, Kelly, are you so passionate? Because I said this a few weeks ago. We're not just giving out good advice. This is good news, good news that people can be set free. I believe, man, our CR is growing even during a pandemic. Why? Because people need hope. They need hope. And they can't look on at a church and think, well, if they're scared of it, and they say they serve a God that's almighty and powerful. Come on. Anyways, that's all I've got to say about that. Do what? Let me read you verse 6 from the message. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. Here's the good news. And God has piled all our sins Everything we've done wrong on him, on him. Yes, the world is getting darker, but here's the good news. we are to relate to them. All your brokenness, all your sins, all your addictions. God laid all that on Jesus. so you could be free, free. That's the good news. The fourth image, and I believe me, y'all fall, he's got five points. Good Lord, we're going to be here all day. we're blowing through them. The fourth image. Behold, Jesus, the returning king. Listen, I know uh, if you've been a part of church, you've been hearing this, but I'm going to tell you, he is returning, and it's sooner than what we think. I love the Garmon Key that did a song that some of y'all wrote know some of y'all are like what uh, it, it was a band that I loved growing up but they did this song hey when he when he, first time he came he came as a baby and he was weak second time he's comes he's coming as a conquering king yes. he is coming back and look at revelations 12 12 and 13 say this with me what Pay attention is crucial. I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the alpha, the omega, the first, the last, the beginning and end. We just celebrated Christmas. How, How over 2,000 years ago he came as a baby. Babies are cute, but babies are helpless, right? Babies can't do anything for themselves. All they do is eat and poop and sleep. That's pretty much it. That's the way he comes. Came the first time. But I'm telling you, be on guard because when he comes back, he will not appear as a baby at all. He will be a conquering, victorious king. Look look at Revelation 19, 11 through 16. Then I saw heaven open up and
2: This is crucial.
0: Pay attention. Yes, the world is dark, but he's coming back. Behold, behold. There's one more image I want you to see. It too is found in the book of Revelation. Say this with me. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him. And he he with me, behold, are you listening? Are you paying attention? It is Jesus, the soon returning king. He's knocking on the door. And I'm saying this, behold, the Jesus that changes everything. He changes everything. My concern for a lot of people in here, some of your family members, is that why you celebrated the holidays, you did not celebrate Christmas? Because you really did not know who Jesus is. You think you know. You think, well, mom and dad told me, mama and papa, I learned this, but you don't know. John says, Behold, pay attention. This is important. He is the Jesus that changes everything he is Jesus the baby born to die he is Jesus the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world he is Jesus the man who endured the brutality of the cross for us he is Jesus the returning king and he is Jesus who stands at the door of your heart knocking saying let me in because I can change everything who is Jesus let me in with this bring that up please make sure we pump
1: this he is more than you could ever need He's more than the eye could see. I don't deserve his love, but he's always been there for me. You see, Jesus met me when I was at my lowest. And if you don't know Jesus, know this. He is the greatest example of generosity this world of greed has ever seen. And when Jesus hit the scene, he changed the scenery and met diversity with serenity. If you're looking for peace, he offers plenty. Jesus was and Jesus will forever be king. And when the angels sing, they sing of the grace that was displayed for sinners like me. I can't explain him and I can't describe him. And if I could, he wouldn't be Jesus because you can't explain eternity and you can't comprehend the galaxies. But it was the loving hands of Jesus who spun them into existence and created man knowing he would go to the cross to pay our sentence there was a certificate of judgment with a period after the sentence and we were sentenced to death long before he said it is finished he is a father to the orphan a shelter for the homeless a hiding place for the abused and an anchor for our storms he stormed the gates of hell and came out on top and the power of his gospel cannot be stopped even when the world tries They try a lot. He traded places with Barabbas and became the catalyst of missions across the world, covering every portion of the atlas. If you're in need of rest, I know of a mattress. If you don't know Jesus, your future is tragic. But he gladly embraced tragedy so we could live in his presence of majesty. His presence is presence. And it's his presence that presents preciousness to a world of peasants. He is far from pretentious but still loves those who are. He is the light of the world and hung the stars. He brings the dead to life and delivers life to the dead. He took a crown of thorns on his head so we could put crowns at his feet. And I can't wait until I get to kiss his feet that were nailed to a cross for me and for you and for every person around the world. He loves the world and I love his word because the word became flesh and in his flesh he demonstrated the word to the world. He is an example to every boy and every girl. He is a lover of black people. He is a lover of white people. He is a lover of the unchurched and the assembly under the steeple he doesn't see the believers failures but still takes time to celebrate their faithfulness it's the power of the spirit that enables us and gives us boldness when the world labels us and if you want to label me please call me a jesus freak if that freaks you out good because it's better to be good with god than to fight being misunderstood by a world that could never understand So let it be understood that I don't worship man, we worship Jesus. And although he doesn't need us, he still sees us and pleads with us to run to the cross where he bled for us. His heart bleeds for us, his heart grieves for us, but still graciously grants us a pardon for our treason in a season where the world tries to explain the way of the work of the spirit with human reasoning. There is a reason they can't. Because the spirit is like the wind and the wind cannot be seen. But loved is the one who believes without seeing the unseen. I'm telling you today that Jesus is something. He's something more. He's something great, and if you want to know him, you don't have to wait. He stands at the narrow path with a key to the gate, and you only have to reach out and embrace his grace. I don't care who's president. I have a king who is always present. I don't care who holds musical celebrity. The voice of the Lord will always be the sweetest melody. I don't care who owns the riches of the globe. My Jesus holds more wealth than one ruby on his robe. I don't care who is the strongest or the fastest. Nothing matches the creator of the universe and his immortal, infinite status. I don't care about religious leaders who died and stayed dead. I'll only worship the one who conquered death and wears a crown on his head. His name is Jesus, and I'm telling you, he's something. He was faithful yesterday, and he is faithful today. I can feel his presence whenever I pray. And when the time comes for me to fade away, I'll remember the day I heard him say, My name is Jesus.
2: About the name, Jesus. Something about the
0: calling you back. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's like he's begging, please let me in. I'm not going to break down the door. I'm a gentleman. I just say, please let me in. You know what I can do. You know the changes I can make. You know your life's better than me. And you've disconnected from and looking at your addiction and looking at your sin or looking at things you may have done over the past year or your life. He's looking at a person that he loves so much that as a man he took that brutal beat. That's you. The day you say, Kelly, it's time for me to come back. It's time for me to reconnect. It's time for me to Quit drifting. Come back home. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you just raise your hand, I want to pray with you. Come on. I know you're in this place. Come on. Let's move on. Yes, sir. Come on. Anybody else? Today's your day. Let me say this. Heads still bowed. Maybe you, you, you say, Kelly, I, I've never really been connected with Him. i never really had a relationship with Him. I want that to change. I want to close out 2020 with a fresh new life. And I feel the Spirit. I feel I don't even know what to call it, but I feel it drawing me. And I want him to change my life. If that's you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Anybody? Yes, absolutely. Next, I believe there are people in here that you need to see this, Jesus. Behold the image that sets you free. And you've been bound by other lies, unforgiveness, by some sort of drug, by pornography, by alcohol. You've been told the lie, you've been bound by this lie that you cannot change. You've tried a million times and things will never ever get better. And the enemy has got you to buy into that line. And Jesus says, no, today I want to set you free. If you want to feel that freedom, you want to be set free. I don't care if it's tobacco, I don't care if it's uh, unforgiveness. I don't care if it's pornography. I, I don't care if if if, if it's a, an addiction to an opi- opioid or alcohol or whatever it is. I don't care what it is. But you need to be set free today. Where are you at? Where are you at? Yeah, yeah, Ask our prayer team to come down front. Because I want to make a connection with you. And I know we had several. Whatever you raise your hand, some raise their hand for all three. Man, I believe God can and wants to do it today. Kelly, can't God do it here? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, I've said this. There's something that happens when. What you're thinking inside, etern- internally, physically, you make a te- step toward that, something happens. Well, Kelly, can't you ask people to bow their heads again? No. Because you will never be surrounded by a group of people that want this more for you than right now. They, they want this for you. They're not looking. In fact, they're standing back here, man. Man. I remember a time when I had to raise my hand and make that same walk and, and God did something in my life. There are hundreds of testimonies of lives being changed because they took what was internal and stepped out physically toward him. I'm going to count to three. You raised your hand for any of those. You did not raise your hand, but you know you should have. This is your opportunity. I want you down here. One, two, three. That's it. Yeah. They're coming. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come on. Come on. Come on.